0: Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine.
1: Om Namah Shivaya Gurabe Satchidananamurtaye Nishprapanchaya Shantaya Niralambhaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurabe Shishasam Saraharane bhagavata kai namaste chit saratmane he va <clears throat> samsara navasit ave prabhave sad vidyanam shambave gurave namaha gurur brahman guruvishnu gurudev Guru-sakshat-parabrahma-tas-mai-sri-gurabe-namaha namaha om swarupa swaswa bhava namaha Om I
0: bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self, your own essence and beingness, your own Shivaness, the one divine reality being
1: you, while being all. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Svasva swa Baba Namo
0: Nama. Your innermost nature. In your innermost nature, you are simple, unpretentious, and noble. It was my Baba that wrote this clear and straightforward description. In your innermost nature, you are simple, unpretentious, and noble. You don't need to embellish yourself or add on to your essence. It is already simple, unpretentious, and noble. Your innermost nature is simple. It's your mind that complicates things. Your innermost nature is unpretentious. It's your mind that gets pretentious. Putting forth pretensions, trying to make yourself more important, trying to be seen, trying to become lovable or maybe even become perfect. When you're enlightened, you give all that up. You live in the reality of your own essence and nature, often called humility. Your innermost nature is unpretentious. Your innermost nature is noble. Too much of life is lived in the gutter, with your mind looking at the worst of things the worst scenarios, your worst memories, your worst fears, the worst in others, even with your mind picking out and focusing on the worst in yourself. Your mind loves the mud. Yet your essence is noble. You are the light of consciousness in a unique and individualized form. Let your light shine. Your inner light uplifts you and everyone around. While your innermost nature is simple, unpretentious, and noble, your mind tends to focus in the other direction, not toward the innermost, but focusing outward. Thus, you need some help in finding your essence and nature. You need some help with your mind. I described this in my teachings article for this month. You can use your mind to support your upliftment. Cultivate noble thoughts. See the best in others. Practice self-restraint and relinquish negativity, whether directed toward others or toward yourself. These are choices you can make whether life is going smoothly or not. These are easy things to implement, yet incredibly powerful. I like leveraged practice. You do something simple and get profound results. Here, I've given you four things to do, four ways to harness the power of your mind, to move you in an uplifting direction. What are the results of these practices, should you choose to do them? You get happier. In your alone time, you'll be based in happiness. When you're with others, you'll have something to share. Everything gets easier. Even the hard stuff is easier to deal with because you're drawing from your strengths. And your inner exploration becomes more powerful when your mind is supporting your worldly experience. It also supports your meditations. Your innermost nature in meditation fills your heart. Insights fuel your understanding of your life. These four simple practices pave the way to happiness, ease of living, and profound inner experiences in meditation. Wait a minute. What are those four again? Cultivate noble thoughts. See the best in others. Practice self-restraint. Relinquish your negativity. Now, any one of them will help, yet they are mutually reinforcing, each one helping you with the others. I'll go through them each in turn. Cultivate noble thoughts. Most thoughts are, unfortunately, demeaning. Your mind specializes in cutting consciousness down to size. That is actually your mind's job, to make you think you are not divine consciousness, that you are only you. Your mind also loves to share its perspective, not only telling you how bad you are, but also telling you how bad everyone else is. Instead, think noble thoughts. What is noble? Noble refers to royal, aristocratic, grand, magnanimous, exalted, lofty, ennobled, high, elevated, great thoughts. Here are some approaches to noble thoughts enlarge your landscape. Instead of thinking about how today's weather affects your plans, think about how today's weather affects everyone's plans. Expand your field of interest beyond your own needs and desires to consider the others that you share this world with. Yes, consider the others in your family. But what about the others in your town, in your state, your region? What about the people you share this globe with? Think globally while you act locally. That's noble. Another example is a beautiful little phrase on my honor. This simple phrase is in the Boy Scout pledge on my honor. Live an honorable life. Choose to be honorable, to think and act in honorable ways. Honor means you have integrity, all your actions come from the same source and are in alignment with each other. Honor is also described as decency, uprightness, character. Yes, this is about having character, not about being a character, but about having character. On my honor, this is noble. Another path to noble thoughts is the phrase, How can I help? Instead of thinking, What can I get? Think, how can I help? What can I give? When you give, your heart opens. It's ennobling as well as enlivening, enriching, and heartwarming. It's even been researched and proven to be true. You get happier by giving than by receiving. Actively look for ways to make a difference in this world, in others' lives. See beyond the walls of your home. See beyond the walls of your inner circle. See beyond the walls of your mind. How can I help? And then do it. This is noble. Cultivate noble thoughts. The opposite of noble is easy to understand as we see so much of it around us. Thoughts that fall into this opposite category are described in the dictionary as mean, low, knavish, or rascally. Plebeian, as in ordinary, lowly, abased, degraded. Imagine for a moment, the human beings walked around with thought bubbles Mm -hmm. over their head, like in cartoons, you know, the characters' words are in a little bubble over their head. Would you want your thoughts to be seen by everyone? (laughs) Yes, if they were noble thoughts. Instead, I call it puny little mind. It thinks little thoughts, not great thoughts. It keeps you small, like a little pill bug crawling around in the dirt. Puny little mind. It makes you small. Cultivate noble thoughts, great thoughts. They will make you great. The Brihadaranyaka Upanishad from 3000 BC says so. Yatakari Yatachari tata bhavati. As one does and acts, so one becomes. Mantra certainly fits into the category of noble thoughts. We use the mantra Om Namah Shivaya. To repeat this mantra is a way of honoring your own self an improvement over the way you usually talk to yourself. Yet the mantra Om Nama Shivaya also honors the self in all. Mantra makes you able to be Shiva and able to see Shiva in all. Seeing the divine reality in each and every person, every being, everything that exists, this changes your thoughts. It changes your behavior. This is noble. Cultivate noble thoughts. See the best in others, even when they're not living up to your standards. Look to see that there is something more in them. Look beyond the surface level and see their heart, their ability to care, their desire for something better. You know, everyone wants to be happy. Sometimes they go about it in a way that doesn't make sense, I agree, but they do want to be happy. No matter what another person is doing, if they're not enlightened yet, they're doing it because they're looking for happiness there. You don't have to agree with their methodology, but you can see that their goal is worthy. It may be that you need to help them get past their stuff, or maybe not. Sometimes help comes from a loving touch, sometimes from a boot in the behind. Sometimes it's best to let things play out. People learn a lot from their mistakes. Certainly I did. How about you? How do you know when to intervene and when not? That's up to you. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what to see. Look from a deeper place within yourself and see their divine essence. Or when you're not based in self, at least see their best qualities. See their strengths, even when all they can see is their weaknesses. See the best in others. I've had a few people ask me to help them with their weaknesses so sincerely, with such a longing for upliftment. Gurudevi, tell me what's wrong with me so I can work on it. And I've quite truthfully answered each one. When I look at you, I see divine consciousness in a unique and individualized form. I don't see flaws. I see only your light. Can you see that light shining in others? It's there. That's the meaning of the Sanskrit word, namaste. I honor the divine in you from that place in me. See the best in others. Practice self-restraint. Protect yourself from your own worst impulses. Your senses drag you around like a big dog on a leash drags its owner down the street. Impulse control is necessary. Otherwise, your senses can drag you into some muddy waters, even setting you up for later problems. Some of the biggest medical problems in the USA today are heart disease and diabetes. They are lifestyle diseases, meaning you cause them yourself. Cancer is now included on the list of lifestyle disease, Which means you can prevent these illnesses by managing your lifestyle. It's called self restraint or self discipline. Yoga says the three most challenging areas of life are food, sex, and sleep. You must manage them wisely. My Baba described it this way rules and restraints. Are nothing but discipline. Self willed and unrestrained behavior is not devotion. Love springs from devotion, and by love, man becomes disciplined. By love, man becomes disciplined. I first experienced devotion when I became a mother. Anything my child needed, I was willing to do. I became very disciplined as I had to regulate my sleep based on when the baby was sleeping. I had to regulate my food as a nursing mother for what I ate affected the baby. Later, I created regular and timely meals for my growing family. I had rhythms and routines. All of them came from love. When you apply yourself to society's recommended rules and restraints, You become successful. Early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. A local boy said that, you know, Ben Franklin. (laughs) He's from Philadelphia. (laughs) And yoga agrees early to bed, early to rise. So you can meditate in the wee hours of the morning when the world is quiet, and so are you. A few yogis have complained to me recently that getting up early is hard. Yes, I agree. And you have to do hard stuff in your life. So, this is one of the least hard things of all the hard stuff you have to do. And if you don't do this, I guarantee other hard stuff will be thrust upon you and it will be harder. Still, getting up early is hard. The key, as Franklin said, is going to bed early. Really, what are you doing in the late hours of the evening? This stuff is uplifting and beneficial. Early to rise. Even if you don't feel good when you're dragging yourself out of bed, and then when you do some yogic breathing, do some yoga poses, and especially when you meditate, you feel good. You feel better than good you feel alive, you feel whole, your heart is full, your whole being shines. Practice self-restraint. Restrain the impulse to loll around in bed. Restrain the impulse to take a few extra bites of that yummy thing. Restrain the impulse to say words that hurt others. Restrain the impulse to take advantage of a situation. There are so many impulses that need to be restrained. Baba said that living with discipline, restraining your senses, is the religion of man. Instead of filling up your senses, leave space for your own light to shine forth. Practice self-restraint. Relinquish your negativity. Now. I'd like to check in with you. Just how negative can your mind be? It's scary. Negative predictions about the future, negative memories from the past, negative assessments of others, even of yourself, your mind loves no. It's like you're still the two-year-old, saying no to everything, even things you like. No is a powerful word. It separates you from whatever is going on. That's what you did at age two. Create a separate personal identity, distinguishing between those big, powerful people, parents and older siblings, distinguishing between them and you. It was necessary at the time. Have you outgrown it yet? Do you know who you are yet? If not, you'll find that your mind loves to be negative. And if your mind loves to be negative, then you haven't found who you are yet. While no is a powerful word, yes is even more powerful. When you say yes to others, at appropriate times, of course, you join into a flow, a shared experience, a meaningful connection, your synapses love connection. When you experience connection, when you experience love for others, specific areas of your brain light up, including the medial insula, the anterior cingulate cortex, and the hippocampus. In addition, you get neurotransmitters working brain chemicals, bliss chemicals. This is why people look outward for other people, so they get the bliss of connection. Yoga has you looking inward, so you connect with God. Beyond mere connection, you delve deeper and discover God at your essence. God is your essence and beingness. Now you live in a lit up brain with transmitters supporting your expanded state all the time. And you still get people, people to share with to care for, to take care of. All the negativity melts away, like your brain has been power washed with bliss chemicals. Enlightenment will wash away all your negativity. So you can wait until you're enlightened to give up your negativity. Or you could start now. In fact, I wonder how you could even get enlightened if you're focusing On negativity. If you cherish your negativity, it's got to go. Negativity makes you incapable of seeing what's really going on. It dulls your inner experience, it shuts you down, and makes you less alive. Relinquish negativity, whether directed toward others or toward yourself. Instead of worrying about negative outcomes, consider the possibility of positive outcomes. When you hold both possibilities in your mind, both the negative as well as the positive, your mind expands beyond the particulars of the situation. And then you can see whatever happens, you will be you. Instead of fantasizing about the pleasurable stuff that can happen, Instead of fantasizing about the painful stuff that can happen, make a realistic assessment of the possibilities and then see that you are greater than any event, any possibility, any memory, any worry, any location. You are more. This makes you fearless. Knowing the reality of your own beingness makes you fearless even if painful stuff comes. When you relinquish your negativity, you are a step closer to enlightenment. Each of these four practices brings you closer to enlightenment. Cultivate noble thoughts. See the best in others. Practice self-restraint. Relinquish your negativity. Now, I know it could seem like a lot Four practices at the same time? I got to tell you, it's less than the ten yamas and niyamas. (laughs) It's a shorter list than Krishna gives us in the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 16, verses one through three. He says, fearlessness, purification, cultivation of spiritual knowledge, charity, self-control, sacred action, study of the Vedas, austerity and simplicity, nonviolence, truthfulness, freedom from anger, renunciation. Tranquility, aversion to fault finding, compassion and freedom from covetousness, gentleness, modesty, steady determination, vigor, forgiveness, fortitude, cleanliness, freedom from envy, and passion for honor. You want that as a homework assignment? It's great. I'm not giving you that list to work on. It's a good list, but a little daunting. I remember the first time I read this list.
1: I turned the page quickly.
0: (laughs) Later, I found other similar lists in other texts, and they're even longer. They made it very clear at important junction points in my sadhana
1: that I had a ways to go yet.
0: (laughs) These practices are only four. Plus, they will give you worldly happiness and ease, as well as spiritual growth, taking you closer and closer to enlightenment. It really all happens quite quickly. What are the four? Cultivate noble thoughts. See the best in others. Practice self-restraint. Relinquish your negativity. Or you can pick only one of them. Whichever one seems most approachable, pick the easy one to start with or pick whichever one you can remember, (laughs) because any one of them will give you the others. If you're seeing the best in others, you are cultivating noble thoughts and relinquishing negativity. If you practice self-restraint, you'll find you cannot indulge in negativity anymore. If you give up negativity, you'll have noble thoughts and see the best in others, and so on. Where do you want to begin? Cultivate noble thoughts. See the best in the others. Practice self-restraint. Relinquish your negativity. Or you could make it simple and just do
1: more mantra. Mantra will give you everything. Om swarupa swaswa bhavaya namo namaha